Hi, I'm Melissa. Hi, I'm Kara, and you're listening to Cultivated Conversations. A space where we talk about life, family, work, where we're getting it right, and where we're getting it wrong. And what it means to live and purchase ethically in a fast-moving world. Grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, pull a seat up at the table, and know that wherever you are on your journey, you belong, and we are so glad you've joined us. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. This is your co-host, Kara. And today we are going to, we don't have a new guest on, but what we're going to do is let you listen to a piece of our episode with Jacqueline from Trove that we had to take out in our second episode with her. What had happened is we talked so long and it was so wonderful. There was so much packed in our time with her that I just had to pull some stuff out. And we had asked her a question about the differences in ethical purchasing. What does ethical purchasing mean? There are a lot of terms out there that we throw around. What do they mean? So as we wrap up the first 10 episodes, as we wrap up this first season of Cultivated Conversations, I wanted to let you hear from her just a small audio of what those terms mean. And it really is going to give you a little taste of what we're going to start out season two with. In season two, we're going to start out with the basics of ethical purchasing. In season one, we talked to Jacqueline about her company and some basic fair trade ethical purchasing things. We talked to Lisa about style and motherhood. We talked about spring trends and how to purchase those ethically. We talked about, you got to know me and Melissa a lot better, I hope, (laughs) if you were listening along. We like to chat. And we talked about travel and family adventure. We talked to Krista Box about her family adventures, and we talked about um, traveling internationally and the fun that comes with that. We talked about, we talked to my good friend Elizabeth about minimalism and making space in your life for the things that matter to you. So, so we, we covered a lot of topics in season one. So in season two, we're going to be really intentional starting out this fall with the basics, kind of ethical purchasing 101. So we're going to talk terms and how to get started. We're going to talk all the different types of ethical purchasing that you can engage in, not just from buying new things, but let's talk about consignment and swap and vintage and thrifting, all of those terms. So we're going to take each of those topics, dedicate a whole episode to them. So as we wrap up season one, listen to this audio from Jacqueline, our good friend over at the wonderful new company Trove. Listen to her explain the different types of ethical purchasing and the different terms. I wanted to talk about, I think one of the things I run into a lot when I'm talking to women about purchasing ethically or about um, fair trade is I think sometimes we want to make things really simple. We want it to be this clean cut, like you're either a good company or you're a bad company. And and if you're a good company, then if I was to like come and look at your supply chain, it'd be 100% clean and there'd be no issues involved. And, you know, and I think that one of the things I'd love for you to talk about is you've been in the ethical fashion 
you know, industry for years and then now owning your own small business, I'd love for you to talk about what you've discovered as far as kind of the good, the bad, the ugly of this whole thing. And why does it matter that women purchase ethically when, sure. when it is so complex? Why does it matter that that is the choice that make that they make? Yeah, gosh, this is a huge question, so we'll break it down. Um, You know, there's no easy way of explaining uh, fair trade or even participating in fair trade, to be honest, because it's such a massive, complex industry. Um, Shopping ethically takes time, energy, Mm -hmm. the ability to compromise, and consciously decide what practices are deal breakers for you, you know? So it's like, it's such a personal ethos of like, what do you hold valuable? Mm-hmm. And what do you want to continue to pursue? You know, because even separating it out into what's the difference between ethical fashion, fair trade fashion, eco-friendly fashion, right. handmade, sustainable, like these are all the key buzzwords that you hear and that a lot of people just don't know the difference between. And it's like, you have to decide what is important to you. Like, are you focused more, because in the broad picture, there is probably not a single company that is like 100% fairly made. There's always a bead that comes from a different place, a certain Mm -hmm. textile. Um, There's just, I would be shocked if it's like 100% of their supply chain is all fairly made or fairly orchestrated because it's just so complex overseas. You know, they they outsource uh, labor, they outsource materials because they have to get the job done in a certain amount of time and they Mm -hmm. only have a certain amount of resources at their disposal, you know? And so that makes sense why they need to source beads from China in Guatemala, you know, Mm -hmm. like that makes sense that they don't naturally produce that there. So that's the bigger, the bigger like answer I have for you um, is you've got to find out what's important to you. Like for me and my company, you know, I am committed to fair trade labor practices. So I am not a member of the Fair Trade Federation yet. You have to be in business a year and you have to apply for that to get that credential where you're um, meeting all of their mm-hmm. their principles um, and then they approve you. But like that is my goal. Yeah. That's the aspiration Vortrove is to be Fair Trade certified. But for now, I'm participating in, you know, abiding by their principles, even though I'm not a member. So I can say that Trove is an ethical Mm -hmm. fashion company because that's a broader term that encompasses fair trade and sustainable fashion. But I can't necessarily from a, you know, from a a corporate website standpoint, say I'm fair trade certified because I'm not. And you'll see that on companies' websites, the badge of I'm fair Mm -hmm. trade certified. You'll see that on their labels, which is amazing. But know that there's a long process to get that certification. Mm -hmm. It's very expensive to do, you know, like, and the same on the artisan side, you know, like that's a long, lengthy, expensive process for them. So there's a certain deterrent that keeps them from pursuing that as well. And most people don't know that. They don't know that it takes a lot of time, effort, energy to go chase after that, that credential. So does that answer your question at all? Or did I just like speak a bunch of more? No, that was really great. Um, and I think I'd love for you to take just a minute. So you talked about Trove has decided that among the, has decided that among the yeah. myriad, right, that can apply to our fashion brands and choices or, 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 you know, really brands across the board, fashion you know, right. we talked about home goods. We talked about, you know, even coffee, chocolate, right? There's all this different right. stuff. 
Um, so I would love uh, for you to take two minutes and just say, give me the top five, give me top five buzzwords and give me a one minute explanation of what each of them mean, right? And then talk yeah. a little bit about why for you the fair trade labor practices that's your deal, right? Because that really ties yeah. it to your story, right? This is this is your story. Right. This is your six months in right. Australia and all of that. That's why you've decided that for you, this is the main focal point. You know, other stuff that happens, let's say eco-friendly. That, if that happens, awesome. I'm pumped about that. Right. But So I'd love for you to just say, here's some of the main buzzwords you hear. Here's a one second definition of what that means. And here's what what it means that I want to be a fair trade certified, you know, company because of the labor practice deal. Sure. So to me, you know, and granted, like this is just my personal opinion and my research. So like everyone should do their own research is what I'm saying. (laughs) Right. Don't take my word for this other than this is what research I've done. This is what I believe these terms to mean. And why, you know, I chose to, to create Trove in this way. So ethical fashion is like this overarching umbrella, right, that includes fair trade and sustainable fashion. Um, and it includes all of the, the concerns of why a garment or an accessory is not fair trade. Um, it can include organic or recycling, upcycling. So it's a big umbrella. That's why you hear that term a lot of ethical fashion. It covers a lot of, um, of the big principles without the like the credentialed Mm -hmm. certification. Um, Fair trade goods or fair trade certified means that you are actually fair trade certified. So they abide by those those principles and they have applied to um, the Federation and they have investigated their um, supply chain and their business practices and, and stamped it with like their approval. And like I said, that is the goal for me. I want to be fair trade certified. I want people looking in and ensuring mm-hmm. that we are doing it right, you yeah. know. Um, eco-friendly, which is short for ecology-friendly. So this is a tr- like a term that refers to goods that inflict minimal harm to the environment. Um, and again, I don't think there's a, a such a thing as 100% right. eco-friendly clothing. Because all clothing takes water mm-hmm. and energy to produce, you know, so you can only minimize that to to certain degrees. It's just eco-friendly companies expend less of those Mm -hmm. resources, right? So like they're just intentional about how they produce their garments by, you know, lowering the water it takes to produce it um, or lowering the energy intake to to be able to produce it. And dyes goes in with that as well? Yes, same same there with like, they are intentional about not using damaging chemicals, harsh dyes or paints in their textiles. And sustainable fashion to me is more environmentally friendly as well. It means that they they could even use reclaimed or remnant fabric. So like that upcycling um, aspect. There's certain there's certain fibers like bamboo or hemp or linen that are included in this. So you'll see companies that produce out of those um, those resources be sustainable companies. But they're not always considered environmentally friendly. That's the, like, tricky part. You know, like, it's so, Mm -hmm. it's so complex. Handmade fashion is simply handmade by an independent artisan. So, like, that could mean not fair trade at all. It just means someone's hands have touched your Right, in a small, like, workshop environment, not a huge factory environment. 
Right, like independent, privately owned, like, um, and so like you you hear a lot of that, and and I think that there's truth in, like the quality and the craftsmanship of that is likely better, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, it's slow, it's deliberate, but it doesn't actually mean it's sustainable. They could be getting those goods from wherever in the world, and we don't know how they're made. So just like honing in on handmade doesn't always mean right. ethical. Right. You know, you have to ask the questions of like, where are these are from? The artisans paid fairly? Yeah. Right. That's when the focus on the wage is really important. And I think, you know, to summarize this whole spiel of why I decided to focus on the, the labor aspect of it is that's the only part that I felt right now as my business is starting and growing that I could really, you know, look into best, you know. I can say I, I want to ensure that I'm paying everyone fairly. And if that is not something that you can guarantee for me or if this group of artisans or factories aren't abiding by the, that code of ethics that I have, then I can't work with you. And I've made that very clear in our code of conduct and in the conversations that I've had as I've started this company of that's my part that I can do right now mm-hmm. as a small one-person operated company yeah you know, who has people on the ground in these countries to a certain degree to check in on when I'm not checking in. Like, that's the only part I can control right now. And I just know the importance of having a living wage. You know, I think that that makes all the difference in the world to these women and men who aren't getting paid fairly. Like, a living wage allows them to have basic necessities. Um, And then we can go from there, you know. Well, there you have it. Some terms of ethical purchasing. Hope that cleared up a few things. Like Jacqueline said, go research these things for yourself. This is her understanding and our understanding of these terms. And like she said, one of the things we played it in her, the first time she was on the show, episode two, if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. But she mentioned it in that episode and I replayed it in this one. Ethical purchasing is deciding what matters to you and what you're comfortable with. It's going to take compromise. There's just, it's so hard to purchase something that you know from seed to when you wear it, that it was, everything was done ethically. That's really hard. So determining what matters to you, what you're willing to compromise on, that will help you make decisions for your wardrobe and for your home and home goods and Uh, There's just so much. So I hope that helps you just a little bit in understanding this big topic of ethical purchasing. We will be back. We're going to take a break and get some episodes recorded and ready to go so that you guys can have some stuff starting this fall that just really are impactful. Ethical Purchasing 101. Then we're going to jump into the holidays. I'm so excited about some ideas we have for the holidays and not just how to purchase your gifts ethically, but the ethics of giving in the holiday season are a really big deal and I want to talk about it. So crossing my fingers, we're going to be able to tackle that (laughs) this fall winter as well. So it is a hundred degrees outside. Oh my goodness. I hope We will see you again. You'll hear us again when the temperatures have cooled off just a tad. If you're from Oklahoma, that means it goes from 100 to about 85. So enjoy the break. We'll be back and we'll see you soon.